I'm really excited to be hosting the show today. Unfortunately, John will not be hosting with me, but um, he's in our thoughts and prayers and he's doing well. And we just want to give him the space and time and we're happy. Um, we're happy to continue on without him, but I assume he'll be back next week. Uh, John's been really flexible in the past coming weeks as I also haven't been on the show as much. Uh, so it's a nice ebb and flow for the two of us. Um, nonetheless, I'm really, really excited to talk to two amazing indigenous women, um, who I hope, uh, are our guests connected, Reggie. We have one. I'm still getting the other. Uh, okay, we have I'll... Eileen, but not tiny yet. Okay, no problem. Well, I'll give a little background as to who our guests are. Um, Tiny and Eileen are both the founders of the Bear Project, B-E-A-R Project, um, based on the Oglala uh, Sioux Reservation, in which they work to help stop um, suicides, working against you know, these horrible, um, epi- this horrible epidemic that is really going through Indian country in which our youth are taking their own lives. Um, and they both are amazing community workers. And because of their incredible work, uh, a documentary was made up about the work that they do and about their community. And so I'm really excited to have them both here, um, talking with us today. Uh, we, I've been told that Tiny isn't connected, but Eileen, are you connected? And can you hear me all right? Yes, I can. I'm on right now. I Wonderful. can hear you fine. I am so, uh, I'm super, super thankful to have you on the show today on Resistance Radio. Um, if you'd, you know, I'd love to give you space to give a little introduction and, and tell us a bit about your work. Oh, okay. Um, my name is Eileen Denise, and, and I was born and raised in Pine Ridge, South Dakota. And um, we work with um, high-risk youth, and so that's not just su- – we do suicide prevention, but we do a lot of other things too. So we're helping them get IDs. We're helping them get shoes. We're helping them with um, things that are just everyday necessities that they mm-hmm. need and um, – things that um, really matter to them as youth to keep going, to encourage, to show hope. And uh, that's the biggest thing we want to do is to show hope. Absolutely. Yeah, I I was reading about the work y'all do, and I saw you have this emerging adulthood program, which covers so many things that many of us don't know how to navigate. Um, And I think it's really incredible. Like, I I see that y'all help – help the youth learn how to complete paperwork for job programs, for colleges, you know, help navigate. Yeah. Uh, I, I was curious, how does doing that work really tie into um, helping uplift morale? And really, uh, how does this kind of tie into the work that y'all do in terms of um, supporting at-risk youth? Well, um, you know, here we, uh, we're very unique because we're like the third world country in the middle of America. So we don't have thrift stores. We don't have food uh, soup kitchens. Um, we barely have any uh, buildings. That uh, we have one store for the whole reservation, which is a very big reservation. And uh, so what we do is uh, the kids think, well, I'm going to be like my mom and dad, and I'm going to live in this house for the rest of my life. I'm not going to go anywhere, you know. So. We show them things they can do that are on the outside. And uh, 
So they go and they uh, come to us for help to, a lot of them don't know a lot of the resources that are out there, you know. So that's what we do. We know all the resources. We know what's going on. We know where to take them to and how to help them. Yeah. And, I mean, um, I, oh, sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, go ahead. I was, I was going to say, you know, um, as I was reading up on the work that y'all do, um, you know, I was pretty shocked to see that a state of emergency had been declared multiple times at Pine Ridge in terms of in, in reaction to both the state of poverty, but as well as um, the, the suicide rates uh, in terms of yeah. you know, our, our indigenous youth. Um, can, can you kind of, can you walk me through what that, you know, what that looks like to be, you know, in a community that is in a state of emergency constantly from this, this really intense crisis. Oh yeah. It's, uh, our, our, our house, we don't have enough houses for everybody. So you have four or five generations living in a house. Um, our kids are, uh, I, uh, our kids are, uh, in a place, where they where the bed for them is to find the best place on the floor a lot of times mm-hmm. um they don't plan for a year ahead a month ahead everybody survives daily almost you know so it's the poverty has hit us so bad but with our our we have our traditions we have our culture we have our language but when we were moved on to reservations that was taken from us and um, it was set aside. They didn't want us to do it, you know. And um, so we're trying to learn that part over again because that's our strength. It's not religion. It's spirituality. It's keeping us mm-hmm. moving every day. And so with our youth here, we um, see so many dire straits that even our, our professional people, our uh, psychiatrists and psychologists and all these people that have these big things behind their name, they get sick. They uh, can't handle some of the stories that these youth have, and they're gone in, in, in no time at all. But me and Tiny keep plugging away because we have our traditional side where we go to the sweat lodge and we leave it there with the rocks and mm-hmm. we can move on to help more youth. And um, it's really hard because people from the outside say, how can we help you? And we say, you can't because, um, well, you can if you live here for a few years and see everything that's going on and everything that you can pull for these kids for resources. And uh, so with no jobs, high unemployment, high diabetes, high cancer rate, we have to deal with all of this. And the death rate is just every day there's a death and it's, Everybody knows everybody because we're a small, mm-hmm. we're still a community. And um, so you, there's no chance to grieve. So we got a lot of kids up there that have never got to go through the grief process. And uh, they also um, have anger issues because of how they have to live. Yeah. They also uh, were never really given instructions of um, how to cope with so many of the problems that are here. So mm-hmm. as soon as we get them, as soon as we hear from them or, or somebody leads us to them, we try to bring them in and talk to them and show them a different way. That's really, I mean, 
Oh, honestly, all I can think of first is to say thank you. You know, I, I think that the work that both you and Tiny are doing is so important for our communities. You know, it's this is happening in a lot of different reservations. And I know that specifically on y'all's, it's been, you know, I, I know that the area is known as America's poorest county. You know, it's, there's this, there's a legacy of poverty. And so I, I really, I really just want to say thank you for doing this amazing work within your community. And and I wonder if you can kind of walk us through how, um, how, how the documentary became a part of this, a uh, part of this narrative um, Were were you approached? Was it part of, uh, was it a strategic choice to get more people involved? Um, how did the documentary film, which is called the bears on Pine Ridge um, begin? Um, well, I think Noel came out to, uh, he heard about us. And so he came out to see what we're doing and wanted to film it. And, He's been here for quite a few years. He's been coming every year and um, at all times of the year, maybe three, four times more than that. And he has lived among us. He has stayed among us. And uh, he, um, he he followed us everywhere we went. He's seen what we did, and he wanted people to know. And he wanted it also to help us because of our funding issues. We don't have any, you know, to do extra special things we either pull it from our pocket or we uh, get donations from some people like food and clothing and things like that and so he's seen that and he wanted the world to see it mm-hmm. and so we let him follow us and do that it's just that you can't come on a suicide call with us because that's confidential you know of course and, and for those... so, but he's seen us with all the youth and activities and how we feed them and help them and, you know, talk to them in other times. For those uh, who are, who are just tuning in, um, we are chatting with Eileen, who's an amazing community worker, specifically looking to make changes within her own community and Pine Ridge Reservation to help the youth who are um, struggling in immense amount of poverty and cultural genocide. Uh, and we were just discussing um, her relationship with the director and producer of the film that we're currently discussing, which is The Bears on Pine Ridge. Um, yeah, I, I had a question. It was Noel, the filmmaker Noel uh, Bass, who's the director and producer, um, you know, I, I was curious as to how, how the connection was made in terms of, um, you know, having him within the community filming these, you know, this filming the work that y'all are doing. So I really appreciate that, um, that background that you just gave. I was wondering, um, in terms of the film, how does the community feel about the film? Are people relatively supportive that y'all are, you know, doing this work and amplifying, um, the work you're doing through this, you know, mass media? Did you say it again? Sorry, yeah, I of had course. somebody talking to me at the same time. <laughs> it's totally fine. No, I was just wondering um, uh, how how the community is reacting to the film. Are they really excited about it? Is this something that they're um, – have you received pushback, or has it been a relatively positive reception from members of the community? Well, um, a lot of them know us, so um, they're really um, receptive to it. They like it that they've done it for us because uh, – we have touched a lot of families and people. 
so they know that we're always there 24-7. And um, so they really, they, they're um, they saying, way to go, that's awesome, you know, and everything. And uh, and, and all of that, it's just, uh, we haven't had any positive. negative feedback anywhere. That's wonderful. Well, um, it sounds, I was just, I've just been informed that Tiny is here to join us. Tiny, can you hear us? Yes, I can. Hi, welcome. Um, I'm Regan. I'm the co-host to Resistance Radio. Uh, we've just been chatting with Eileen. Um, I'm so thankful uh-huh. to have you on. Well, thank you. I was listening to what Eileen uh, said about the response from the people, and it, it, it's been really awesome. Um, at first, you know, a lot of our people had to wait until they had the free showing, right, Eileen? Can you hear me, I? Oh, Reggie, did we Reggie, did we lose Eileen? Uh I Eileen, are you still there? We must have lost her. Okay, I'll try to get her back. Okay, yeah, uh, thank back. you. But last night at the showing here in, in uh, DC, you know, one asked about what exactly do you are you gonna where is this movie gonna go, this documentary? Where would you like you know, where would you like to take it? And um and and, and 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 how how are you going to hello uh my fault I... I pressed the wrong button my bad it's okay it's totally fine i just wanted to make sure that someone knew what was happening no we know what's happening but <laughs> great, great, great. he just fix it and i'm gonna fix it as soon as possible no problem um while while we wait um how about oh sorry there's a crackling noise um, on my end now, so I don't even know if people can hear me. Um, but just to give a little bit of a synopsis, we're talking to both Tiny and Eileen, who uh, are the co-founders of the Bear Project, B-E-A-R Project, which is a youth-based uh, community service project helping serve the youth on the Pine Ridge Reservation, um, who are, you know, truly in, in a state of crisis. Since 2009, there's been a state of emergency uh, for, uh, in the area from 2009 to, I guess, 2020. There's been three states of emergencies uh, in response to how high the suicide rates have been on the reservation, specifically of indigenous youth. So uh, our two guests are community organizers who really are doing this incredible work to help support the youth and really push back against um a lot of the suffering that's happening. On okay. The we have tiny back. We have tiny back. Wonderful. Tiny. Welcome back. I hope you can hear me. Yes, I can. Wonderful. Sorry for uh, the disconnect. Um, what we were, uh, you were expressing to me how the community had seen well, yeah, in um, DC, the, the screenings. The Q and a, they asked, where do you hope? What do you, what do you expect from this documentary? Mm-hmm. And I said, more awareness. Awareness, and, and not just in Native country, because suicide is happening all over the world. Mm-hmm. And we we wanted to take this and show the, the awareness that there are people out there that do go above and beyond. And that they do it out of the goodness of their heart because they want to give our young people a chance, a chance at life. And so we talked about that. And... I, I think that the, mo- the movie, one person got up and said, I'm a writer, and 
and I, I, I'm a producer, and I love the documentary, and I think it's going gonna, it's gonna to have a long life. He said, so we, we all have to get, to get it out there, you know? Oh, absolutely. So I, I thought that, and I like one- what Eileen had to say, and, yeah, you know, she's, she's really good. You know, we work, we're a good team. We, um, we work hard, you know, and uh, I, I, I just can't thank God enough for Eileen because she's just awesome. <laughs> I, <laughs> I, I love hearing that your, your relationship with Eileen is so strong. Can you tell me, um, how did you both get involved in this work together? Have you been lifelong friends? Did you come together for well, this project? You know, I, I, I I, I coached Eileen, and I was her high school basketball coach. <laughs> no, that's awesome. Yes, yes. She was oh, I student. love that. She was my student, you know, and uh, I loved her back then. I loved her personality, and she definitely has a backbone, I'll tell you that. <laughs> that's great. And uh, we, um, we of course, she she grew and has two beautiful sons, and... and uh, and they, the oldest one takes part in, really takes part in our Native American culture, and he has sweat lodges, and he takes people to sweat. And That's at beautiful. one point, you know, he was, he was really strong working with us. And then it got to the point where we had so many suicides, it kind of wore them out. It wears you out mm-hmm. if you're not, you know, ready and, 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 and really, um, I don't know what, what the right words, but anyway, he stepped back. But whenever we need him, he comes and sings songs for us, you know, and he, he helps families. He sings and he smudges and he's, he's awesome. So so as the years gone by, um, and we both had SAMHSA grant, mm-hmm. and she was had a SAMHSA grant that dealt with healing the whole self, and that was alcohol and, and, and a, a drug grant that SAMHSA gave. We had a, a program called Sweetgrass, and it was a SAMHSA grant, but it was given through the Garrett Lee Smith Foundation. Mm. Well, eventually we both lost the grants, and oh. uh, we were non-funded. And that really hurt us, but it didn't stop us. It didn't stop us from doing the work that we had to do. In fact, I think it made us stronger. So when I lost, I lost my grant first. I was not the director because I was boots boots on the ground. Mm. And Eileen was boots on the ground, and that's where we wanted to be, so we could actually have face-to-face contacts with these young people. And uh, so when I lost my grant first, and then through the Bear program, we've been operating since 2000. You know, we've been going, and we're going getting stronger and stronger. So with the Bear program office, I told Eileen, I said, "Why don't you just come and make the Bear office your office?" And let's join forces. Mm. I said, because you can, you could do the alcohol drug part. I, and we just got certified in almost every area of training where we became suicide specialists. And I looked at Eileen one day and I said, Eileen, we are not specialists. We are not experts. Mm-hmm. I said, we just have love for people. And we want, we want strong families. And we want our kids to have a chance at life, to have a better tomorrow. So that's how we got back together, and and that was, I think, back in 2016, 15 or 16. So we've been chugging along, and we're, you 
know, doing the work and um, we, we tag team a lot. We're on yeah. our phones a lot. Um, <laughs> sometimes, and our, like Eileen probably already said, our jobs in the BEAR program, they're 24-7. Yeah. We're not an 8 to 4.30 job. Our position, or what they call us and say, oh, can you call back tomorrow if you're having a hard time? Oh, you're depressed? Really? Well, can you call us back at 8 o'clock tomorrow because we're closing in five minutes? We're, that's not going to happen with us. Yeah. Yeah, it must so be it must we, be incredible to to manage a twenty four hour suicide prevention team. You know, like I, that must be such incredible work. And I um, definitely want to talk about that a bit more. But I've been just told that Eileen is back on with us. Eileen, can you hear yeah, us? Yep, yeah, I'm on. And I, I wanted to say our best teachers are the youth. I have learned so much from them. I lost a nephew in 1989 from suicide and it was then they didn't have anybody there to help the families to get them through it to let them know what goes on and what you're going to feel you know and um just had a lot of good friends and the the youth themselves that came and helped us and uh so it was uh close to my heart i always said i would never let a kid go you know Mm -hmm. after that i would be there for them I wonder right. um, how, um, how, imp- and I, I'm saying, I feel like I already know the answer to this question, but how integrated is uh, cultural studies, um, like learning language, being a part of community, um, you know, participating in ceremony and traditions? How, how much does that participate in um, the BEAR program? Like, do you, is that something that's offered to the youth as well? Yes, it is. Yes, it is. It, it, I, that's what I like to use. And, um, but, it, but if the, the child um, trusts somebody in the church, that's fine, too. We we're open mm-hmm. to whatever helps them, whatever is good for them. But there's a lot of, um, a lot of people don't go to church. Parents don't even have the teachings anymore because many we have such a low life expectancy that the ones who teach it have already passed on and so you just got a lot of people that are lost out there you know yeah i was also wondering if if um if you if you could if both of y'all could elaborate a little bit on the community outreach that you do um because i saw that uh, on on the website at, at bearproject.net and i really uh advocate anyone listening to go follow and to go uh to you know go to this website and see the work that these wonderful women are doing but i saw that you also provide um outreach and organizing trips to uh for children to 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 the prisons on uh different holidays and i was wondering how much does you know the carceral system participate in some in some of these um really like intense and depressing narratives uh on on the on the reservation is is you know what what is there a lot of police presence is it a lot of tribal police presence uh you know what is the 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 connection there between the carceral system and the community you know the 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 police are present but they're overwhelmed Mm. especially with the with at this time of the pandemic they're overwhelmed and um they they're they're present and and they try to 
they try to work with us as much. We have some young officers, young officers that really work extra hard, and they call us a lot. They call us directly whenever they um, they're there with the youth and the families because they see the living conditions and they see what's going on in the family and. They call for Eileen and I to, you know, so we can get there and to lend our, our assistance. You know, the question before you talked about the culture, how do we integrate the culture? Mm-hmm. We've even taken some of our our, our um, training materials and we made them culturally relevant. Eileen mentioned something about praying. You know, they don't know how to pray. So she prays with them and teaches them a simple prayer. You know, we do that. And we're fortunate enough to have traditional medicine men and her brother her brother is one of them mm-hmm. that we're able to take the kids to to help us because some of these kids never been to a sweat lodge and they they they, they just don't go to church and so we're able to the culture and the traditional healing that comes with that can you tell me how literacy and teaching children how to read has also participated in that? For those, uh, you know, I didn't elaborate earlier, but BEAR program, you know, it stands for Be Excited About Reading. So it's also a literacy and life outreach project um, for not just children, but also families on the Pine Ridge uh, Reservation. And so I was wondering, um, do you, uh, what, what does the, where did the literacy aspect come in? Is it, you know, is it for the youth? Is it for the adults? And I'm just curious as to if this started as a reading project and then grew yes. or. Yes, it did. It started as a reading project. Be excited about reading. Then we changed it to um, better education and reading. We, we slid that in there because it's for <laughs> the whole family. You know, it's for the whole family. Um, we started, that's how, that's how we came about when we realized that a lot of our high school kids were graduating, reading below their, their reading, reading level, like down in the fourth, third, and fourth grade. Some oh, wow. weren't reading at all, but yet they went through the system being socially promoted. Mm. And, so, and, and we wanted them to have a chance at life, a chance at going to college or wherever. So um, that's how it started. And we started... And we do our program, we start with our Head Start, our early Head Start classes, and work with them and take them books. And, you know, it was important for us to give out books. Um, we still give out a lot of books, don't we, Eileen? Uh, yeah, we do. And, and it helps the parents to spend time with the youth also. We don't. Yeah, we they read to them and help them and... We got a big uh, donation from the Ella Fitzgerald uh, Foundation that sent us a lot of books from K through eight. Yeah, just yours. So, Hello? I'm curious oh. as to. Um, well, actually, you know what? I didn't realize we're here at the bottom of the hour, so we're going to take a you little break, and then we'll come back with our two guests, Tiny and Eileen, from the Bear Project. Uh, to both. Both folks with me today are amazing community workers. Their work is so incredible that uh, a documentary was just made and, and is currently being released. So we'll take a little break and then come back and pick up with this conversation. All right. Welcome back to Resistance Radio. I'm your host, Regan DeLoggins. Um, we have been just having an incredible conversation 
with two amazing indigenous women, uh, Tiny and Eileen, who have co-founded this project known as the Bear Project, an incredibly community-based product project helped to support uh, the youth and other community members on the Pine Ridge Reservation. And uh, their work is so incredible that a, you know, a documentary has been made about it, The Bears on Pine Ridge. And uh, before we dive into a couple more questions about the documentary, I want to make sure that my two guests are here with me. Tiny, Eileen, can you all hear me all right? Yes, I can hear you. Wonderful. Um, well, I wanted to talk a little bit about the documentary. Um, well, previously we had spoken and, and um, expressed that the the director uh, and producer Noel uh, Noel Bass had you know really committed to doing this work in the community. And um, I was wondering what it has been like to be on the road at different screenings. Um, have you been away from community doing that? Has it been virtual because of COVID? What, you know, what has changed since, um, since, since the film? Do I still have y'all? I'm here. I'm, I'm, it kind of got a little bit loud, so I didn't hear that. Okay. Oh, no, it's no problem. I was just asking how, um, how things have changed since the film and what it's we like to be, I'm sorry. Do a lot of texting and um, Facebook Messenger with the youth when they call. If you try, hello, am I there? Am I on? Yep, you're still yeah. on. Yes, there. you're still here. Okay, uh, I was I was asking as to what it's been like since the documentary uh, has been released, and have you been going to screenings? Has it been, uh, you know, virtual screenings, or uh, I just wanted to know what what has changed since the release of the film. Okay, okay. Ju just for clarity, uh, both Eileen and Tiny are both on the air. And Eileen and Tiny, we can hear you. Um, sorry to interrupt, uh, Regan. I just wanted it's to It's totally fine, Reggie. That. I appreciate it. We're having some, some no, tech difficulties. Not much of a change either, but when they have, uh, we've been on other radio shows like this, one in Montana. Other radio shows, one in Montana? Reggie, let's see if we can reconnect to our yeah, guests. I think that there may be a connection issue, and I think because of the location, that may be the reason why there's such a lag in time. Can you hear so, me now? Uh, oh, yeah, we can hear you. We were on uh, other, just went Zoom. You were on uh, you were on other radio shows. You had said one in Montana, and then were there, have the screenings been via Zoom, or have they been in person? We we do a lot of Zoom with the ones where they're doing the screening. Okay, where are we going? Um, we. Okay, I think. Um, through Zoom, they're like waiting for me. Through Zoom, because we gotta. That's why Chinese not here, but I am, and it's uh, it's hard to leave with both of us gone. Um, you know, I think because the connection is so bad. Uh. Why don't we uh, Why don't we just uh, end our interview here? Um, all right. Well, I um, I'm gonna I'm gonna say let's try to reconnect. Um, but if not, I want to thank both of my guests for being on the show today, both Tiny and Eileen um, from the Oglala Sioux Nation, living on Pine Ridge Reservation, doing incredible work for their community through the Bear Project, the B E A. B-E-A-R program. Um, I do advocate that y'all go to their website. 
um, which is B-E-A-R-Project.net. If you go to the How You Can Help tab, there's a PayPal. Please consider making a tax-deductible donation uh, in order to continue to help this community, continue to support indigenous communities, you know, struggling through ongoing colonialism and capitalism. So that is available on their website at bearproject.net. Um, I guess we have a little bit longer here on the show, uh, and I think that I'll take this opportunity to talk about some of the work that I've been doing since I've been away. Um, as I stated earlier in the show, I haven't been on the past couple weeks uh, on Resistance Radio. You know, John's been carrying the torch. I know there was a conversation about mascots, and I'm always super excited to hear what he what he has to say about that. Um, I was out on uh, Minnesota on the front lines, specifically working against Line 3, which is a proposed pipeline expansion that will bring about a million barrels of tar sands um, per day from Alberta, Canada to uh, Superior, Wisconsin. And this pipeline, which was proposed back in 2014 by Enbridge, which is a Canadian pipeline uh, company, um, goes through untouched wetlands and the treaty territory of the Anishinaabe people, as well as through the Mississippi River headwaters to the shore of Lake Superior. So we're talking about this huge proposed pipeline expansion. Um, and as you know, I hope folks on the show are aware, you know, pipeline and extractive industries are participating in the destruction of our lands and our earths, our water. And similar to a lot of the work that was done at Standing Rock, done at Wet'suwet'en, done at Bayou Bridge, and a, num- um, and a number of other um, sites, Indigenous people have stood up against the pipeline, um, participating in a number of direct actions, setting up camps, you know, living traditionally and in community on the land as uh, as treaty uh, as it is treaty territory, so they're within their rights, and really, you know, opposing this incredibly destructive pipeline. You know, we've been talking about extract. We've spoken about extractive industries previously on the show. Uh, we've had guests from Frack out of Brooklyn talking about the Brook- the North Brooklyn pipeline. We've had guests come in and talk about Wet'suwet'en, talking about the uh, pipeline going through the the territory up in um, so called British Columbia. And this is part of that, this, this legacy of, uh, resource extraction, uh, within, you know, indigenous territories. So I spent the past, uh, couple weeks, the GNU Collective is an incredible collective of indigenous women, um, femmes, two-spirit, uh, matriarchs who have been opposing the pipeline work for a number of years through direct action through, um, through a diversity of tactics, um, you know, through legal means, through non-legal means, really participating in this incredible work, um, to stop the expansion of line three. And, uh, I had the pleasure of participating in, uh, in some of that work, uh, living on the camp and, you know, really experiencing what it looks like to center Anishinaabe culture, um, in the time of, resource uh, expansion and destruction. Now, 
folks might be like, why are we talking about this? Because it's so important. And I really hope that folks listening will get involved and understand the destructive nature of pipelines. Um, not just as an environmental, you know, issue. We know pipelines spill. We know what that looks like, but also I want to remind folks that pipelines have to be built. And usually that invites, um, you know, cisgendered, heteronormative white men into our communities, onto our reservations to build these pipelines uh, and participate in the continued sexual violence and missing and murdered indigenous women, girls, trans and two-spirit folks. So this is an interconnected conversation, both about indigenous sovereignty, environmental activism, as well as uh, violent targeting of our community members um, for, for, uh, for sexual violence and murder. So, you know, I, I think it's an, you know, this can be a, a, a hard topic to dis discuss because there's so much, uh, happening. And I think sometimes people feel as though it's difficult to get involved, you know, not, not everyone can show up on the front lines. And, um, though I, you know, advocate that everyone shows up on the front lines. Uh, but I just, I wanted to use this time to remind people that, you know, you have the ability to get involved with this work. If you're local to the New York City area, um, Lenape Hoking, there is a pipeline going through North Brooklyn right now. We can't, you know, there, there's the no, no North Brooklyn pipeline, uh, network, or there's the frack out of Brooklyn network, which are both incredible organizations, um, working to stop the pipeline that's going through North Brooklyn, um, which is a fracked gas pipeline. So a bit different than what's happening at line three. Nonetheless, we have pipelines going through our lands, breaking, um, you know, breaking protocol, whether, on Anishinaabe treaty land or here in New York City without community consent. You know, these, these struggles are interconnected. Um, and I want to urge folks to get involved and, uh, and to really make community impact. You know, we saw the work that Tiny and Eileen are doing on the Pine Ridge Reservation, you know, really committing to their community, um, in a time of crisis. And sometimes that can feel like such a daunting task, but the reality is that we all have the ability to jump in and to dive in and to do more active work to support our community. Um, I guess I should get off up on my soapbox now, uh, <laughs> trying to get more folks involved in, uh, in this work, but it is, it is important. It is important. And, uh, Anytime that I have a little bit of free time on the airwaves, I do want to advocate that folks get involved in community work and mutual aid and, uh, because, you know, sometimes all you need is just a little bit of a push. Um, on that, I actually think that, um, uh, Reggie, are, am I, uh, can you still hear me? Yes, I can still hear you. Oh, fun. great. <laughs> Good. I was wondering actually, um, if Tiny and Eileen were ever able to reconnect or, uh, if uh it's if, if been, that yeah it, it, it's it, the the connection dropped entirely oh it's fine you know they yeah. they're they're working as they said they're working constantly um they're the work that they do is 24 7 so um i'm just thankful that we got to spend some time with them and to hear about the amazing work that they're doing um i know that you were really uh trying to to keep it together technologically but i'd love to know what your thoughts are uh, in regards to uh, what they were doing? Yeah, absolutely. I think that, that what they were doing is commendable and it's definitely relatable. And it just really goes to show you that um, 
that with uh, communities that have suffered uh, some point of imperialism of some sort, you know, there is so many similarities. And, you know, and, and I think that a place like WBAI and a, and a program that you are a part of, uh, Regan, is one of those things that can bridge the gap on many misconceptions, on many, um, many uh, misconceptions as well as miscommunications and to better understand the whole bigger picture of that. And what they're doing is is very commendable and it is necessary, is absolutely necessary. And, and it, how can I not respect that? <laughs> of course. I, I think it's just so incredible to... Um, you know, like, as I was saying, I think it's, it's, I think it can be a daunting task to really commit to making big changes in your community, no no matter how big or small. So when people really take on that labor as their like life commitment, it's, it's, it's truly inspiring, you know, that that's inspiring work. It's very Herculean efforts. And, and, you know, and thinking that, and, and, you know, the, the older that I get, the better I understand about why people, you know, default to certain things and because of the surroundings around them and with the lack of options given out it takes a visionary to say hey this is this doesn't have to be like this mm-hmm. and 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 whoever that is and it is I don't know why it has to be so hard, but, <laughs> but, it, but it is. And for people that seize the challenge, accepts the challenge, and do the best they can do, look, that's that's much respect. Absolutely, um, I I totally agree. I'm I'm so thankful that we got to have them on, uh, and I look forward to seeing how this documentary. Um, you know, I haven't seen the documentary just to. To remind folks, um, it, the documentary is called The Bears of Pine Ridge, and it a, addresses youth suicide. Uh, the executive director is Sunny Skyhawk. Um, the director is Noel Bass. And, uh, you know, it's a, it's a story about strength and resilience and really what it, really what it looks like to do community work, uh, specifically in a place that has such distressing statistics of native youth suicide um, on the Pine Ridge Reservation in South Dakota. And I think that, you know, you know we, as, as, uh, as our guests were saying, uh, really introducing community work and cultural work, as well as providing the youth, you know, basic needs that aren't being provided can make such an impact on right. the daily lives. Um, it really is important to see that, there is a that the youth are being empowered to if they want to you know look for work or if they want to um, go to college that they have the support to do that but also you know if if they're seeking a, a more traditional cultural path that they have the ability to explore that so I definitely want folks to uh, to, to check out this documentary and also to support the work of our two guests Eileen and Tiny. Um, and as I'll just remind folks that the project is known as the Bear Project, B-E-A-R. You can see the work that they do at thebearproject.net. And um, please PayPal them, send them some loot, some money, some bread, uh, whatever you can, anything left over from your stimulus check or your tax. Um, 
refund, please send, you know, that way and support those struggling on the Pine Ridge Indian Reservation, support our community workers, our indigenous women who are doing this incredible labor to provide 24-7 emergency response to community members and really to um, who are highlighting and empowering the youth. You know, we talk about the youth so often within community, um, within indigenous communities, whether it's on the the front line or whether it's uh, on a Zoom call. You know, we really talk about the youth because there's such a, um, you know, we talk about seven generations before and after us. That's what we should be caring for in this moment. And so the youth are the seven generations after us. And it's really, it's really beautiful to see the work that these volunteers are doing to create direct outreach. Um, well, on that note, I think we should probably wrap up here. You know, it was a pleasure to chat with our guests. And also I'm thankful that folks here were, you know, stuck through it through our little technological difficulties. Um, and I'm Regan DeLoggins. This is Resistance Radio. And you'll see us next week with my co-host, John Kane. Yokoki. Thanks, Reggie. I'll see you next week. All righty. <laughs>